0: Hello and welcome to the show. Today our guest is Meredith Bell, President of Performance Support Systems and she's an expert in professional development for salespeople and managers. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. So Meredith welcome to the show.
1: Thank you Andy. I'm really glad to be here with you. I appreciate your inviting me.
0: Oh my pleasure. So take a minute if you could and introduce yourself. Tell us what you do and who you do it for.
1: Okay. Uh, We are a software company that helps Uh, organizations and people in all levels in in organizations really improve the people side uh, and the interpersonal skills in their work with others. So that might include a leader interacting with direct reports, salespeople interacting with clients and prospects. The idea is that that interpersonal component, um, the personal development side, if you will, of... um, a person's effectiveness at work is really critical. So we don't get into the technical skills, it's more the interpersonal skills. And so over the years we've created products that are um, used to help people with assessing their current strengths in areas for development as well as helping them make improvements in those areas where they feel that they need to become stronger.
0: Okay, so really addressing sort of the whole person, not just hey, we're gonna make you better in how you do a sales presentation or a particular sales skill, but I mean fundamentally, sales is about a person-to-person communication. How do you improve those interpersonal skills?
1: Exactly.
0: Very much. Very cool. Okay, so before we get into some of that in details, tell us a little bit of how you got started in sales.
1: Well, that's an interesting story. I'll make it quick. Uh, my background had nothing to do with sales. I was uh, in education. I started out as an elementary school teacher, and then I got my master's and worked at what it, at that time was considered, you know, a fairly prestigious position within the organization moving to central office administration but what i realized is i was not cut out for bureaucracy or politics (laughs) so uh... over thirty years ago i left that whole arena and decided i was going to just jump off and do something myself and Andy, I had no background in business or selling. So I, you know, it was one of those situations is probably good that ignorance was bliss because I didn't know what I was getting into. And I realized that I didn't know anything about selling. And I started studying books, what I discovered was that a lot of the skills and strengths that I brought with me were naturals in in the selling arena because I like people, I enjoy working with people. And it turns out, you know, in teaching, you're really trying to persuade people to uh, learn and acquire a certain information. And so there were some skills that ended up being pretty natural for the selling process.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because it's. I've interviewed a number of of women that have become, you know, very prominent sales thought leaders and so on, and there were some actually interested very similar career arc to yours. I started in education and then moved to sales. Mm-hmm. And as you said, it's it's probably not a dissimilar skill set required in terms because you're really it's about educating
1: sales. Exactly. I mean, fundamentally,
0: it's about educating.
1: That's right.
0: So, in your work, you've coached a lot of salespeople. You've worked with a lot of managers. You know, there seems to be sort of a, I don't know, I don't want to say a confusion, but in the marketplace, you know, we hear that the people are drawing this distinction between management and coaching. I mean, is 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 there a real difference between managing coaching, and coaching, and what is that?
1: Oh, I definitely see a difference between those two. Um, when you think of, of management Uh, One stark distinction you could make is that management deals with managing things, processes, whereas coaching really involves interacting with another person to uh, assist them in perhaps seeing things they didn't know or learning lessons from experiences they had, whether they're successes or mistakes. So to me, there's a real distinction between the two. Um, someone can be an effective manager and not a very good coach and vice versa. And of course, in sales, For someone who's in a sales management role, they really need to be effective at both things because, of course, they need to know what needs to happen, how it needs to happen, those kinds of things. But they also need to be really good at coaching the salespeople that are on their team so they get to know them individually and understand what does it really take to help this person with their motivation, with their beliefs in themselves and what's possible so, yes, they're they're quite different in my mind.
0: Yeah, and there seems to be a I don't know, a a trend I'll say, in some cases that you actually see managers sort of abdicating their coaching role. I mean, I've I've seen companies where, you know, sales managers hire coaches to coach their sales people. Yet to me that seems strange because it seems to me like the primary responsibility of a sales manager should be to coach their sales people. I mean, if if they're not coaching their sales people, then you know, they're Decreasing their own odds of success, right? Because they're only going to succeed if their their team succeeds. So, That's, yeah, so why exactly. why is it that some managers seem to have such a hard time coaching?
1: Oh, I think there's a couple reasons for that. One is they themselves don't have the the skills, or they don't perceive themselves to have the skills, so they don't have the confidence in their ability to do that well, um, and. You know, they may not have ever had a, a manager who was an effective coach for them. So they don't have a role model to look back on to really understand what does that look like? What, what would an effective coach do in this situation? And sometimes, you know, Andy, they're just so busy with some of the processes involved with managing certain things that they lose sight of the fact that if they're not coaching their salespeople well, they're not going to get the results that they need. So I think sometimes it's just a matter of not understanding the importance of that role. And if I could speak for a minute to this thing of hiring outside coaches, you know, there can be a benefit to having an external person. Um, In fact, our online coaching system is... Um, sort of an external piece, but I think it's really important for the manager to be involved in the process. As a, even if they bring in an external coach, for mm-hmm. that manager to serve as another type of coach, so that the individual salesperson really sees, you know, a team of coaches, just like you know, college. Or, or professional sports, they have different kinds of coaches for different functions.
0: So and specialized coaches, offense exactly, coach, defensive coach.
1: Exactly. And so there's nothing wrong with having more than one coach because each one can serve a very specific function. And I think that the uh, the role of coaching for a sales manager is a really critical role if you're going to maximize the productivity, performance results from a salesperson.
0: So how do you coach managers into becoming better coaches?
1: (laughs) Well, I think one of the key things is having them understand what, what does that mean to be a coach so they're not intimidated by the process. And, you know, to me, a key element of being a good coach is having certain interpersonal skills like listening, like the ability to give feedback, both positive and constructive feedback in a way that doesn't cause the person to be defensive, that helps them, you know, relax and be able to learn uh, from what the person is telling them. Also, a coach You know, there's just some simple things like helping the person process experience they've had. Let's say there's a specific sales situation where a sale didn't go through, or maybe they had a great success. There are a series of questions that a manager could learn to ask the salesperson so that that salesperson is able to process what happened and at the same time figure out for himself or herself What needs to be done differently going forward? I think a key thing that a manager needs to understand that would actually help the manager relax more is to recognize that coaching doesn't mean giving advice or giving direction. Um, It can be sharing experiences um, or insights that you've learned over time, but it's not Feeling like you've got to have all the answers. Um, and so if a, a manager understands that role, don't you think that would help them feel a little more calm and relaxed about taking on that additional responsibility? Because it's not like they have to become an expert in it in order to do it well.
0: So in some respects, really, what you're saying is that the role of a good coach in sales really is about asking the right questions. Yes,
1: yes. It's not unsimilar to being effective in sales, period.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've sometimes drawn the analogy with a successful sales coach. is a little bit like a, a therapist, right? As, is, if you want to be effective as a coach, you're not providing the answers as you're asking the questions that help the person you're coaching arrive at the answer themselves
1: exactly and just to to give you a few of the questions to make it more concrete and real um we have a series of five questions that we've built into our system to help people process when something has happened so if there's a particular skill they're they're working on and they're applying back on the job um and then they come back into the program, these are the same questions a manager could ask. So the first one is, what happened? You know, just to describe the events. Mm-hmm. And, and why did it happen that way? And then what were the consequences of it happening? And um, what do you learn from that process and what will you do differently going forward or perhaps you'll do the same thing if it's something that went well but
0: so let's let's go through let's go through this slowly so first question that you're going to ask is
1: what happened
0: what happened okay right
1: The specifics you know the sequence of events
0: all right so if you're coaching someone first what happened second question
1: why did it happen that way so the person is looking at, okay, I, I got, let's just say it was an in-person sales call and maybe they were running late and they weren't very well prepared. So they would look at, you know, what happened is the the person asked me questions, I didn't know how to answer them, and I kind of fumbled through my answers. So why did it happen that way? Okay. Well, I didn't adequately prepare for the call. You know, I was right. last minute putting together everything. So they get to thinking about What's behind what happened? Um, so okay. they don't just move from one a- activity to another without processing it. So All that's right. the whole purpose of questions. Okay, third so question. the third one is, what were the consequences of that? Um, what good things, what bad things happened as a result of that? Okay. And so the fourth one then is, so what do I, what do I learn from that?
0: So what, Reflection.
1: Yes. In the whole process, we call a reflection exercise. So yes, looking at reflection. um, and, And the fifth step is, okay, so what am I going to do now? So this gets them thinking about what can I do differently on my next appointment or in preparing for my next appointment or whatever that next thing might be? What am I going to do? So they're making a commitment to take an action that in the case of a mistake or a bad outcome, they're gonna look at what they can do differently. And Andy, one of the things that is so powerful about this processing is it's a way of helping a person let go of the past. So they're not beating themselves up on an ongoing basis and and can and have a clear idea of what they're going to do going forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Well exactly and I think for coaches, the importance of of these five questions and this reflection exercise is that, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to teach salespeople, we're trying to teach people work for us how to think, right? Is that, is that too often, especially in sales, we tend to think of it as sort of this rote process that we go through, and, uh, you know, we don't want to do the exact same things every time in the exact same situation. And the fact is that, you know, every sales situation is different and you can't treat it as a rote process. So I think this has become so important because you know, selling has to be a deliberate act. has to be a thoughtful act.
1: Yes. Yes. And each person is different and you're absolutely right. You can't treat everything one, uh, you know, one plan does not fit all. Right. And, and And especially, uh, and and in your your book, which I really have been enjoying, Amp Up Your Sales, you talk about how things have changed so much in the selling environment. And, you know, I've been in sales now myself for over 30 years, and it really is different. The internet has changed everything in terms of preparation and uh, just the whole research that people can do now prior to contacting someone in sales. Mm -hmm. and. And so that one-size-fits-all absolutely does not work. And the ability to shift gears and think creatively about how to handle a specific situation, um, I think going through a reflection exercise like this is really um, it, its a, an excellent way to get that your mind thinking um, away from one's rigid set of steps for doing something.
0: Great. I like it. So very, very good advice from Meredith Bell, who's our guest on the show today, and we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, Meredith, I'm going to give you a question for you to, or a scenario, let's say, for you to think about, and we'll talk about it when we come back after the break. Here's a scenario. You've just been hired as a new sales manager at a company whose sales have been pretty stagnant for a while, and they're really looking to turn things around and really accelerate going forward. And so there's some pressure on you to do things quickly, they're going to have some impact. So what would be the two things you would do in the first week that could have the biggest impact? And we'll talk about that when we come back after the break. Again, my guest is Meredith Bell, President of Performance Support Systems, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect & Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect & Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect & Sell can start filling your pipeline today. So welcome back. My guest today is Meredith Bell. You can find Meredith online at strongforperformance.com. And so before we uh, talk some more about coaching, which has been a great discussion so far, let's talk about the scenario I posed right before the break. You're a new manager, brought in to help turn around a sales team, cast happened quickly. What are the two things you do in the first week that could have the biggest impact?
1: Oh, that's such a great question, Andy. Well, one thing I would want to do is talk with the salespeople and get a sense of where they are, you know, what's working, what's not working, what are you most excited about, what are you most frustrated about, what one thing do you think we could do that would make the biggest difference in you um, being able to improve your own personal sales Mm -hmm. so that we get a sense of where they are. And that would then guide what I would do next with the sales force based on what um, what came out of that. The second thing is I would want to talk to some of the customers, and ask them similar questions. You know, what do you like best about doing business with us? What what do you not like? What one thing would you like us to change that would make it a delight for you to do business with us? So to get. Perspectives from the people who have already bought as to what's working and what isn't, mm-hmm. and I think that would then guide me to determine what plan of action to take from there.
0: Okay, good answer, good answer. So, before the break, we were talking about coaching and uh, helping managers become better coaches. I want to sort of take it down to the salesperson level. Is you know you've you've coached lots and lots of salespeople. I have as well. But I want to ask you what's what's the hardest part of coaching an individual individual salesperson?
1: I think helping them change their beliefs mm-hmm. about themselves and about selling um and well just I think beliefs in general, but beliefs they have about themselves and their abilities um about uh approaching other people, how to talk to other people, um, helping them break through their beliefs is challenging because we all have these established beliefs that have been built up, you know, many times over our whole lives, over what we've been taught about sales, about people, about ourselves. And I think of those. The hardest one is the self beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, am I worthy? Um, I'm going to be an intruding on people if I call them. You know, these beliefs about self have to be altered in other in order for the person to become more effective, more confident in approaching um, prospective or existing clients, for that matter.
0: Right, and I think a key element to that, and. A guest that's prior guest has been on the show, a gentleman named Bob Turson, you know, talked about this, which I, I'm sure is what you get into as well. Is, is salespeople, the self belief issue is so large, is you have to realize that you're not, as you said, you're not intruding, but there's a reason people are spending the time to talk to you, right? I mean, Absolutely. you haven't twisted their arm, they've freely given and invested some of their time in the process of talking to you.
1: Right. And helping them reframe the whole thing, that I am there to provide value. You know, I am adding to their lives, not subtracting from it. And I think that's such an important view to have when you're talking to somebody, that they clearly have a problem, and that's why they've even agreed to speak with you. Right. And and so you can help ask questions, get them to clarify in their own minds you know what the problem is what the solution would look like and discover if there's a match between what you have to offer and what they have i know for me Andy, uh, because I'm responsible for sales and marketing in our company, it, it is a huge difference when I'm speaking with somebody, whether it's for the first time or a follow-up conversation. If I have in my mind, how can I serve this person? How can I be of service and of value to this person without focusing on how can I sell them our product? My body feels different. You know, my mind is different. I'm in a more relaxed state. They can sense the calmness and my authenticity and genuineness in in really listening to what they're saying and responding with information that I have, maybe resources I'm aware of that could be of value to them without them becoming defensive or becoming guarded about talking to me because they are concerned I'm gonna be jumping in and trying to, you know, offer my product as the solution right off the bat.
0: Right. And I think you brought up a, a good word, which is service. I mean sales is fundamentally a service that you provide to customers and buyers, but it doesn't mean that you're a servant. And I think this is the problem that a lot of salespeople have, at least my experience has been is, is to you said your point of view or the point you'd made earlier, which is, you know, you're you're, you're the equal of the buyer. Yes. You, know, they, you have to have that perspective. You're their equal. They, they brought you in, and they're investing their time to talk to you for a specific reason. As they want to extract some of the value that you are able to provide. So you're their equal. You're their peer. You're not subservient to them.
1: Right. You know what I think it ties back to, Andy, is somebody, the salesperson giving herself or himself credit for who he is and what she knows. Um, I think too often, I, sh- I don't want to project onto others. One of my um, challenges in sales when I was starting out is feeling like I had to be so prepared for every possible thing that could come up. And again, when I learned to relax and, and give myself credit for what I already had experienced in life, for what I already knew, I didn't need to be concerned about what might this person throw at me that I don't know the answer to. Because there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I don't know the answer to that. That's a great question. I will check on it and get back to you. And as you advise in your book, that responsiveness is what really is going to make a positive impression on the person. They don't expect you to be perfect but they do expect good service right. and responsiveness. So if you don't have the answer in the course of a conversation, you can let them know, I'll get right back to you with that, and then do it. That's the key thing. They're checking, they're watching to see, do you follow through and do what you say you're going to do quickly?
0: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you think about uh, the, ins- the impression you make on a potential buyer is not just about, what you know, right? It's also about how you how you do your job, and exactly. that that can be the ultimate discriminator and differentiator between you and your competition.
1: Well, you know, when people get up on stage, uh, folks that coach people about public speaking often will say, you know, focus on your audience, not yourself. And I think in sales, that's also true. If you're really focused on My definition of serving is is asking good questions so that you can really find out what the core issues are that the person is struggling with and come up with solutions that will really help them solve that problem. And if you're focused on them and not yourself, then the self-consciousness, the insecurities, the doubts, all those things negative things that can get in the way of being effective in sales those tend to go away because you're so focused on you know mentally zeroing in on what this person is really saying and if you can stand out as a powerful listener i mean you will just uh set yourself apart either as a sales manager or as a salesperson, because so few people are good listeners. They're usually waiting for their turn to talk, or even worse, they're interrupting. And so if you can be silent, comfortably silent, and really pay attention to what the person is saying and not saying, and then rephrase in your own words what you understand them to say, and they feel understood that is a huge
0: win, and I think that's a great tip right there. Which is this, um, yeah. I know some in psychological terms. They talk about mirroring to some degree, but you know, reflecting back to the customer what it is they said, and in your terms, to make sure the a that you understood it, and you're also sort of confirming with them that you understood what they said. Yes, and very, very, very important. And customers take a lot of comfort in that and knowing that you've listened, and knowing that you understand, because oftentimes that will be the difference within a customer's mind. They'll feel, walk out of me and think, gosh, you know, that, that sales guy really just didn't get it. You can tell by the questions they're asking, they just didn't get it. And, you know, customers aren't going to go out of their way to explain themselves to to make sure that you get it 100%. It's really, that's really your job.
1: Exactly. That is so, so true. Um, and unfortunately, it, it doesn't happen that often. Some of the m- most rewarding conversations I've had are when I have listened well and I will reflect back to somebody what I understood and and they will tell me, you know, you've said that better than I said it myself hmm. because I captured some of the unspoken things that I picked up in their tone of voice Um, their body language or, you know, some way that they conveyed certain words that they might have used. And I'll just throw it out, you know, in the form of a question. I think that's also important. You know, what it sounds like, you know, blah, blah, blah. um, Is that accurate? Or do you agree with that? So that you're not trying to be adamant, you know, or certain you're checking it out to see if if you did get it and if you're on target and they will let you know, oh yeah, that's right. Or no, no, that is not. Either way, you learn more about that person and what they need that I think helps to strengthen the relationship.
0: Great advice. Great advice. My guest today is Meredith Bell, president of God, I forgot the President of Performance Support Systems. I'm sorry. <laughs> I kept going to say strong for performance, but that's your website. So <laughs> Um all right so we're going to go in the last segment of the show here what I call the sales corner you get some rapid fire questions and you can give one word answers or elaborate if you wish but are you ready I'm ready Okay so what's the most powerful sales tool in your arsenal Listening name one tool that you use for sales or sales management that you can't live without
1: Um I would say my Outlook. I have extensive folders created to organize people, okay. and that's helped me a lot.
0: Oh, look, very good. Okay. Who's your sales role
1: model? Hmm. I'm trying to decide if I have just one. The first name that comes to mind was uh, Chet Holmes, mm-hmm. who wrote... Um, the ultimate sales machine and I think the reason why is he was fearless you know he had no qualms about contacting anyone and he was very disciplined there were just uh, unfortunately he's no longer with us but there were just so many things I admired about his boldness and willingness to just do whatever it took I have always admired that
0: All right. so what's the one book every salesperson should read
1: well, one of them is not a sales book, Think and Grow Rich. It's no, you know it's it's not
0: Yeah, it doesn't have to be a sales book.
1: It's it's uh, so much broader than just selling, but it is a lot about selling and it's about serving and recognizing that you have to to go above and beyond in order to um achieve your own goals. In, right. in serving others.
0: And that's Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That's been one of the favorite books people have raised when I've asked that question. So what's your favorite music to listen to to psych yourself up for a sales call?
1: Um, I Well, it needs to be upbeat. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, the music of the 70s. So I get positive energy from people like the Eagles and Jackson Mm -hmm. Brown, Um, and so. Good stuff. I like that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So what's what's the first sales activity you do every day?
1: I alternate between meditating and reading. If I've got something, I'm especially excited about reading about it might be you know a sales book but it might just be um, inspiring there are are so many great books Um, and then just taking time to be quiet because I get so busy going from one thing to another I take at least 10 minutes to sit and just quietly meditate and that's really important for helping me get centered for my day
0: okay what's your favorite social media tool and why
1: LinkedIn for sure. I use it in conjunction with Twitter, but if I could only have one, I would use LinkedIn because it allows me to look at somebody's professional profile to get a sense of you know, what they have done, what they are doing, what their interests are. And when I'm getting ready to contact somebody, I go through their LinkedIn profile because I want to see where our common ground is. And it just gives me excellent background information. And so I use that as a way to reach out to people that I want to get to know.
0: Okay. So what's the one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople?
1: Um, I guess for me, because of the business that I'm in, you know, what does it take to really establish a strong relationship with someone so they'll want to do business with me?
0: Got it. All right. So last question for you. So what do you do every day to improve, whether it's in life or in work?
1: Part of it is reading, but part of it is, of course, taking action. Reading alone isn't going to do anything. (laughs) far as changing the results that I get. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll inspire me, but I've got to uh, do something. One of my other favorite authors, by the way, is Steve Chandler, and I would recommend his books, um, Wealth Warrior and Time Warrior for every salesperson. And One of the things he recommends doing that I do is to ask yourself... What's one thing I can do today that scares me? Or what is one thing I can do today that would be a big request? So that question alone causes me to stretch out of my comfort zone and extend myself in a different way Mm -hmm. so that I uh, do something, one thing different every day that then expands my beliefs about myself and expands possibilities for me.
0: I like that one thing every day that scares you. Great advice. So I want to thank you for joining me today. My guest has been Meredith Bell. Meredith, how can people learn more about you?
1: Well, they can connect with me on LinkedIn. I would love that. On Twitter, I'm Meredith M. as in Mary Bell. And um, the Strong for Performance website is a great place to um, look. There's an About Us page where you can also learn more about our company and, of course, learn more about our product.
0: Great. Well, again, thank you very much for joining me. And remember, people, if you want to accelerate your sales and amp up your business, then you have to deliberately learn something new every day that will empower you to achieve your goals. And I think we helped you with that today. So, until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com.